Hello, and welcome to Living the Trade Life Cycle, a DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the editor of DerivSource.com. Remote working or working from home has grown up a lot in the last two years. We've passed the times where remote working would conjure up an image of someone sat at their kitchen table at home and in their pajamas. And the idea has progressed as we have more technology, some corporate guidance, and frankly, experience in remote working. And despite this progress, remote working and the emergence of hybrid working still has its challenges, misconceptions, and nuances to contend with, depending, of course, on the person, the job, and the company. And as we come up to the second anniversary of the COVID-19 pandemic, I want to explore the theme of remote working and hybrid working as it is relevant for most of our audience. And in this episode today, we explore some of the strategies companies, managers, and individuals can implement when carving out a successful hybrid working environment for themselves and for their teams. Whether you're a fan of remote working or eager to get back to the comforts of your office environment, we have some insight and researched advice for you today. With me, I have Kian Gary, Senior Manager, Cognizant Research. Welcome to the podcast, Kian. Happy to be here. Before we dive in deep into the research that you've done, and specifically the paper that you've recently published called Modernizing Talent Management for the Hybrid Work Era, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Cognizant. Sure. So I have a variety of experiences that can be summed up as saying I'm a human behavior strategist with a background in digital customer strategy and digital business operations. I am part of Cognizant Research, which is the thought leadership engine at Cognizant. We're evolving from the Center for the Future of Work to Cognizant Research in order to broaden our work to encompass the five key themes we believe are most relevant to our clients. Those include the future of work, the modern business, the shifting consumer, sustainability and resilience, and fast forward tech, which is emerging technologies. And as a futurist, I focus on enabling the future of work through relationships. Fantastic. Well, you're quite the expert in this area, so I'm very pleased to have you on our podcast today. So I mentioned the research paper that you published recently already, but before we go into the actual paper details, can you tell us a little bit about really what motivated you to conduct this research to begin with? Yes. The short answer is that I find the way companies treat employees to be suboptimal, And I wanted to create something practical to help address the employee-employer relationship. I first developed the idea of modernizing talent management for remote work when office workers first went into lockdown in 2020. And the idea evolved as the pandemic continued and I observed a few things happening. So first, people in general were expected to thrive while operating in crisis mode. And this is unsustainable and yet going on year three. Second, My peers and colleagues were setting up home offices with little to no support from their companies. There were no upgrades to equipment being furnished for home office work. There were no adjustments to compensation for extended home office work, like stipends for utilities, like dedicated internet service. And there was no guidance on teamwork and collaboration under a new set of circumstances. And third, Employers were trying to carry forward expectations of employees as if there weren't a global pandemic happening. Leaders failed to engage employees in a conversation about how work could suit them given the current state of affairs. 
and they came painfully close to neglecting employee health when they started talking about returning to the office without a grasp of COVID-19. Sounds like there was a lot to motivate you. And I, I echo a lot of the sentiments that you've expressed there. It was a very confusing time. And I think people are still getting to grips with the last two years for sure. So I do think this is a very, very relevant topic still today, two years on, sadly. Now let's dive a little bit into the paper here that you've published. And again, this paper is called Modernizing Talent Management for the Hybrid Work Era. In your view, Kian, and as the author, what are the main key takeaways of this paper? I think there are three. First, at scale, the standard knowledge work experience is fracturing. This means there's an opportunity to bring customization into talent management. Leaders need to rethink the sometimes subtle, unstated, and often ambiguous expectations of employee behaviors and expressly communicate those expectations to the employees. Second, Outcomes and progress mean more than how busy employees appear to be. Businesses need to identify the activities and habits that make the organization successful and then zero in on how to promote these in the natural work process for team members. And last, remote work works, and that means hybrid is in our collective future. So we have an unprecedented opportunity to redesign work at its foundation. And what better place to start than with the immediate need for remote work? So in the paper, one of the models that you outlined was the head up, heads down approach to view roles and outline role-specific location ratings. I love this approach. I thought it was really interesting. So can you talk to me a little bit about this approach and how it can help both employees and employers structure their schedules and their environment for the better? Absolutely. So part of redesigning work is to rethink what purpose the office serves in the world of hybrid work. Traditionally, offices have operated as the place for executing all the types of work needed in many job roles. This includes everything from heads-down work to heads-up work to capability demonstrations and research and development. In actuality, though, heads-down work can be performed anywhere, while heads-up work has been facilitated best in the physical presence of other people for now. So using these modes of work activities, you can start to build a model of where work can be completed. To start, we can break down the types of work we do in each of these modes. So for heads down in financial services, think of independent activities like research, analysis, or business case development. Those activities where you need to find flow and concentration. For heads up, think of group activities like strategy reviews and developing pitch decks. And for showroom, think of activities like client service and presentations, selling, and trade research. From here, assign estimates for the amount of time spent on each activity in each work mode and a rating for how well facilitated that activity is in the office or remote. So for example, as a senior associate, I may spend 30% of my time on analysis. But because I need access to proprietary data sources, which are only available on-site, I would rate analysis completed in the office as a five because it's really well done and remotely as a one because I can access the information I need. Then aggregate each category in office and remote, multiply time spent as a percentage by the office rating, divide by five to get a location rating for the role. So as a senior associate, my role's in office location is 60 and the remote rating is 14. That gives you a good indication that I should be working from the office. Now, here's where some people may be enticed to take a shortcut. So you might ask, 
why can't my manager use my work location rating to create a work location strategy for the entire band of senior associates? Because not every senior associate has the exact same work activities for the exact same amount of time. So this ends up being an individual exercise, which means customization is in order. So from here, team leads would collect their team's ratings, take into account team dynamics and client demands, and then build a schedule that allows for optimized operations. And just focusing on this model a little bit more, I, I found it really fascinating how how you just mentioned that you have to avoid shortcuts. And, and I think that was one of the things that we've really seen in the last couple of years is that not only are job roles, but specific working styles are very unique to individuals. Looking at financial services, is there one piece of advice that you would give to a manager who's looking to take this kind of approach on board? Is it something that maybe they have, for instance, their individuals go through this and come up with their own rating? Or is this something that maybe a manager should look at doing with their team members to maybe customize their experience a little bit more? That's a great question. So because we're talking about individual roles, the team members have to do the work themselves, but it has to be validated by the manager. Otherwise, you'll get people trying to game the system a little bit. So there have to be checks and balances in the process. But my recommendation is generally always to start small and then build from there. Do a small pilot to see how it goes. If it makes sense for your team, carry it forward and expand it out. If it doesn't, tweak it or trash it. I think that Part of what we miss in modern business is the opportunity to do things that make sense for our organizations. We get caught up in this trap of doing what other people are doing. What's the best practice? What's the best in class model? Who, what is the leader in the market doing? Rather than what is my unique tapestry in my organization and my team? And what are my team's needs? And following up on that point, one I mean, one topic, we could talk hours about this. And I myself have had this conversations with multiple people personally during the last couple of years. And that's the topic of productivity. So it seems like this is still prevalent as it was a couple of years ago, but now it's a little bit of a more of a hairier topic. Do you think that the perception of productivity has changed in recent years because of either hybrid working or, or kind of the scenario that we're living in still with the pandemic? No. Unfortunately, the talk and perception of productivity haven't matured at all. Many companies are still fixated on traditionally defined productivity measures in the workplace, which seems to me to be a legacy problem. But because productivity is currently based on deliverables or easily quantifiable output, it's not an appropriate measure for a knowledge worker's success on the job. And more to the point, there was no reported dip in productivity among office work during widespread remote work. In fact, companies reported record earnings and financial performance last year. So I don't have an answer for an immediate replacement, but this is an opportunity area that I hope to see much more research around in the near future. Yes, I, I definitely think there's more to be said and explored on, on that topic. So one challenge that I know many of our listeners will have, particularly if they work in a global company, is that they might have to manage or deal with colleagues globally, which means different offices, different work environments, and of course, different time zones. I mean, this is not a new problem, but it is a little bit more complicated with a hybrid working situation. 
Do you have any suggestions based on your analysis of how either an individual or a team can better manage a disperse team? Yes. The headline, be honest and realistic. So be honest about what's going on at work and be realistic about what good looks like and what it takes to get there. Most of managing a dispersed team is dealing with additional stressors on an already quite difficult job. Managers have an incredibly complicated job to do, and I think we need to acknowledge that. Managers are supposed to know their team members, specifically each team member's levers, motivations, and capacity. Managers are supposed to create and maintain consistently high-performing teams. Managers are supposed to deliver against the organization's goals and objectives, all while producing their own work, supervising their own careers, and managing their own home lives. So it's mostly about getting the basics of interpersonal dynamics down, social contracts, norms, expectations, and doing more of the right things. That might look like getting to know your team members as people, setting clear definitions for professionalism, teamwork, individual roles, and success. When it comes to managing projects, detail what needs to get done, who's directly involved, and what the timelines are. And lastly, allow team members to craft their own workdays based on their responsibilities. I feel like people know when they're most productive or work optimally. So allowing them to have a say in how they structure their day makes sense, especially given all the other factors that people have to contend with. They always have, but even more so now as a hybrid working environment is looking like it's going to stay. So I think that's really sound advice there. Just a couple other quick questions for you, Kian. One is you mentioned at the very beginning is well-being. Now, obviously, the world has been more focused on well-being since the start of that pandemic, and for good reason, of course. Your paper really maps out some key components of a balanced workday. Can you share this a little bit with our audience? Sure. So something I observed in my colleague's workday is an onslaught of meetings. And in remote work, many of those meetings became video calls as managers and leaders attempted to address the challenges of remote work, like feeling control slipping away and employee isolation and burnout. A couple things we know. No one is producing work for eight hours straight, especially if they're in meetings for five of those hours. And we know movement is good for us, our minds and bodies. So to help knowledge workers set some boundaries with those in mind and organize collective calendars, I included a model to get people thinking about what works for them. So the sample calendar is loosely based on my work week, and you'll notice meetings don't belong on Mondays and Fridays. Start each day with a block for heads down work. So catching up on the trades and current events, seeing what's in my inbox and starting to prioritize the day. Then we move into a heads up block My team is actually based in London while I'm based on the West Coast of the U.S., so all of our meetings happen during my morning. Then you'll see lunch is blocked off. You have to take a break and consume food to fuel your brain. And later in the afternoons, you have a block set for more heads-down work with a break for motion-activated thinking. One of my advisors and I would conduct our one-on-one phone calls while going for walks. You get fresh air, movement, a change of scenery. It's a nice change of pace in the day. But bottom line, be intentional about how we use time together and apart. Excellent advice. And I love the idea of walking while talking. Most people just pace a broom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like the idea of getting fresh air for sure. And my final question for you, Kian, is, is there a wider change that really needs to take place or 
is taking place in order to support a successful hybrid working environment for individuals and for companies? Is is there a change that you would really like to see in the next year or two? Companies need to value employees. By that, I mean make direct investments in the people responsible for your success. I think there's a reckoning underway. Power dynamics within the employee-employer relationship are shifting ever so slightly and slowly. There are new, more forceful impositions to business as usual, which is actually good because business as usual has made us complacent and completely consumed by the relentless pursuit of efficiency. And that's just unsustainable, especially when people are involved. So long story short, my agenda is to help introduce more compassion into the workplace. And I hope we can start to value our fellow humans a little bit more. Specifically to remote work, we really have to look at redesigning talent management from recruiting to acquisition and onboarding to performance measurement and management all the way through to development of people, development of team members so that it's fit for purpose for remote slash hybrid work. A lot of our traditions and our processes, our standard operating procedure is based on being in the office all together, all at the same time. And that's not a reality moving forward. So all of these systems need to be kind of re-engineered for this new set of circumstances. I really like the fact that you called it re-engineering. And what I'm really hearing from what you say is that in order to progress and to evolve the workplace for the better for both companies and individuals, because that shift is happening ever so slightly, is to look at it holistically rather than looking at it piecemeal, because it is going to change holistically, as we've seen. It's been quite transformational the last couple of years. So in order to make the most of that, it has to also be adapted and transformed on that level too. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and guidance with us in this podcast. I really will encourage everyone to actually go out there and read the paper that Kian has published along with Cognizant Research. We will include the links to the research and any other related resources in our show notes page for those of you listening. So do please go to derivesource.com for that. But in the meantime, Kian, thank you very much for sharing your insight with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone who's tuned in and join us next time.